0: Welcome back. It's Friday. Happy Friday. Episode nine. Yeah. It's the Gooch. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. So this week, Tristan. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've given you a hard time about secondary education <laughs> and uh, the prices of it. And, you know, I just kind of wanted to get into, you know, employment a yep. little bit. And, you know, kind of hear some personal stories from someone who is... On paper, um, should should have a job so easy, you know? Like, based on how all of us were raised, you should be the one that's making
1: stacks. Oh yeah, I should be making money hand over fist.
0: And you know, uh, I just kind of want to hear your side of things. And you know, I think it should just be like, well, have you experienced this kind of conversation? Yeah, for sure. You know, because I'm sure you have a few questions. Like, I dropped out of university. (laughs) <laughs> and like how that applied to who I worked for and what that was like, and I'll tell you, it wasn't always great. Yeah, um, I worked for a lot of shitty people, and I, you know, I think I really want to talk about just employment in general too. Yeah, like, for sure, and rules, and I think that's kind of where I want to start. Yeah, you know, um, personally, I think our whole economy is going towards more of a gig-based yep. uh, job. It's not, you sit somewhere for 25 years, you go up the chain, you get your pension and your benefits and shit, like our parents and their parents. I think nowadays employers want to keep you around for as little amount of time as possible and get the most out of you.
1: Yeah, I think that what we're starting to see is a shift towards like an output based economy as opposed to an input one because it used to be uh we want as many like our laborers working as long as possible because there's a direct correlation between the amount of hours they work and the output that they're going to have but now because we have so many like robotic uh, uh and automated systems built into the middle it seems now we're, we're dealing more with like on an output basis. So like what the finished product is. So if you can put more finished products together, then that's going to be the the more beneficial approach. And so I do think that like, we're starting to see a shift towards <clears throat> a higher efficiency almost because, mm-hmm. because the internet and, and like you said, the gig economy is, has forced people to be incredibly quick with everything they do. So Almost the faster you can do it, the more valuable it is, and that would in turn mean that if you don't care about maximizing how much money you make, you could theoretically work significantly less to get the same, right, if you're one of the better workers. Yeah, and, that, and, you know,
0: I, I think just trades in general are one of the last places where if you're good at something, you get paid for it. Yeah. I, I think like secondary education still ties into that gig-based economy. And I think in, in a bigger sense, because let's say you go and you become a carpenter, right? Yeah. And you go through your four years journeyman and then you get your red seal, right? Yeah. Like you have a skill you can charge an hourly rate for but even then it's still a gig right like you're you're building this you're doing this it's it's like that yeah and i i think it's the same thing for you know highly educated people now like i i, I i'm yet to see a doctor stay in the clinic by my neighborhood they keep fucking parachuting in doctors yeah I, I I've yet to see one stay and they're like, Oh, if you want a permanent doctor, you got to go into Edmonton and you know, you got to find one that's taking new patients and yeah. I like, "I don't really give a shit. Cause I don't go to the doctor unless something hurts. It's much like the dentist. I don't need that shit, but like it, you just see it. It's like, are people paid more to just work this certain amount and then, okay, this contract's done.
1: I like, think that that's kind of, if you look at how law, lo- like, Doctors are are such a point of contention because there's almost like an expectation from the public that they should have access to them, right? And I think that's fair, right? Because yeah. we have universal health care. I think why I find it interesting is because you look at the legal system where you've got these people who are in school for a long time, they're high earners, but the public doesn't see them as ex- uh, like having a reasonable expectation of access to them, at least like not the large, the, the public at large. And what you see is those guys work. Six months of the year, like for some of them, they work incredibly ho- Like if you're if you are a name partner, let's say you're you're unlikely to be working much at all. If you're, uh, you know, a managing partner, you're always at the office. But again, the paperwork, the grunt work, you're not really doing it. You're the face that then attracts people inward the grunts the 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 third the the first through third year uh uh pe- lawyers who are working in the firms those are the ones who do all the work right mm-hmm. they do all of the heavy lifting and they don't they don't get to reap all of the benefits because the it's such an antiquated system with that like build your way up kind of idea fair enough but Yeah. I mean, basically what you end up with is as you climb the ranks, you opt, you more and more opt out of like what would be considered the culture of work, right? That 40 hour work week, Mm -hmm. weekends and things like that. They opt out of those. And you'll see that with, with industries like dentistry, right? Where, uh, where I think you'd be hard pressed to find a dentist who's still working, uh, post November 15th, most years, because they tend to take the last month and a half off, uh, at least that's what I, my experience was in Vancouver. Uh, fair but yeah, so I mean, it's it's interesting because yeah, well, I think once you have that kind of money, you have that ability to step back and go, "Do I really care to work this next month and a half?" Nah, fuck it, yeah, right? And o- the only the only group of people who do that 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 public gets mad at are doctors, right? Yeah. But in fa- I think in fairness to them, that they're not doing anything different than what the rest of the industries are. I think that uh, we've made it so easy for them to opt out, and I think that also we've made it very difficult to become one and i think that that's also a good thing it should be difficult to be a doctor but i think it's sh- there's got to be distinctions for different levels right like general practitioner versus a specialist are going to need very very different uh expertise levels of expertise hmm. and i think that we need to attract uh, probably Oh. a law a stronger base of general practitioners because mm-hmm. um, i think that's the same idea with law you get a lot of like i'm a family lawyer or i'm a i'm a criminal defense lawyer or i'm a tort lawyer well some people just need general legal advice yeah. and they don't want to pay five hundred dollars an hour to get it true or they physically can't pay i would actually probably that's go with probably most the people ladder, leads yeah. on yeah, yeah, yeah like i think that's the one that it is but yeah i think that the 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 issue is, is because of I think uh, adding adding fuel to that fire, though, is also when you're a dentist, when you're a doctor, when you're a lawyer, you also have a fuckload of student loans. So there's a level of entitlement you have that you paid into this system. You invested in that degree you have and you should be getting a return on that investment. Right. Like there's a there's a University of Toronto ethics professor. um, Sorry, not University of Toronto, University of McGill uh ethics professor um one of my friends was was in uh her class and she used to work um in in downtown Toronto on uh what's their main street their uh it's like uh their wall street i can't remember what it's called anyways they worked worked on like the big street in Toronto yeah. uh, same idea of wall street incredibly wealthy lawyers work there it's just like you're a corporate lawyer right And she worked there for 10 years, 10, 10, 15 years, and she made a shit ton of money. Mm -hmm. And in a legal ethics course, uh, one of the students asked, like, don't you think there should be an earnings cap, kind of like there are with doctors and things like that, right? Like, doctors have earnings caps because they're paid from the government, whereas lawyers don't have any earnings caps. Mm -hmm. And she said, and this isn't verbatim, but she said something to the effect of, uh with all of the schooling that you do you're deserve you deserve a comfortable lifestyle Hmm. and that's kind of what's being ingrained into a lot of lawyers um i mean obviously i don't buy that bullshit i think that that's nonsense i think nobody deserves anything i think you get what you put into it and even sometimes you don't yeah right uh but that that claim of entitlement on the basis of doing work is presuming that someone else isn't just because they're not doing the same work Right, like other people are putting in work they're just doing it differently right like at the end of the day yeah law school is hard working on an oil rig is also fucking hard right so i'm not trying to discount the work other people do when they do that stuff but i do think that there's that culture of like uh i think it's almost baked into the idea of white supremacy too where this like where the degree makes us better than other people which Mm -hmm. is why it was there was so many exclusions with schools right and a lot of a lot of schools now have had to be a lot more uh, forthright with how they give out uh, scholarships and whatnot, because there were there there's a lot of cases of donors who had died, who had set up like a fund to go towards the school. But they were like, yeah, it can't be given out to black kids or oh God. yeah like straight up. And those <laughs> things exist and they existed in Canada. And so the courts had to go, yeah, well, unfortunately, their wishes are illegal and therefore we're striking those illegal things. But at the time, they weren't right. And. So the courts basically still take money from their trust and give it out but they don't follow the the, the their wishes anymore oh, because their, their wishes graves. Yeah, that's, probably. That's awesome.
0: when courts do shit like that, you're like, "Okay, good." Yeah. This yeah. is this is we want more of this.
1: It do, it doesn't happen you know? often unfortunately. No, it, it doesn't,
0: you know? And it would be funny It's like sir uh, McDonald, you know, <laughs> your estate's going towards, you know, this Filipino kid, you know. Yeah. You would be like, "What?" Yeah. My ghost store haunt you. Yeah. And just imagine it. Uh it's fucking amazing. Yeah. I but wonder, I think I wonder I think how the... many uh, I wonder how many like of those like courtrooms are haunted by like racist
1: ghosts now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that'll be tying in more to our UFO episode of ghosts. Yes, we need to do this
0: shit, but it's. uh, I think I'm the only one that's uh, all about it. I don't know. I uh, I grew up in a house that was very like aliens are for sure. Like
1: there was no debate. You know, someone on the left, I can only go, yeah, that makes sense. You're conservative. (laughs) Uh I'm from 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 Vancouver. Conservative and believe in aliens. (laughs) I'm from Vancouver, and all and every single like depiction of someone who's talking about aliens is a rural hillbilly. That talks about getting anal probed while they smell like whiskey. That is exactly <laughs> what I imagine most people from Edmonton. No, no, are. no,
0: no. It's this. There's, there's, there's an overwhelming chance statistically. I'm not oh, one of the yeah, guys. Yeah. It's no, like, no, no. I know. I, I got alien probe, bro. I'm not. I'm not like that. No, but like there's an overwhelming mathematical chance. Oh yeah, it would be very life odd in the if we universe yeah. and other life that is billions of years more advanced than we are so you look at it and you say statistically there's probably a super race of aliens I mean in an infinite universe you can't really say there wouldn't be uh but like I don't know what this uh, okay we're not getting into this yeah we'll talk about that another day day. we're doing (laughs) yeah but uh, but in terms of
1: like (laughs) employment I'm sorry yeah Yeah, we'll get into that on another day but uh But yeah, like with the employment, I do think when you're talking about like people opting out of that shit, I think a lot of it is just the culture, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think when they know that they can go away... Again, like I, I've said this off the air a couple of times, I might, even, I might have even said it once on the air, but I find it funny that these these like hardcore capitalist CEOs that uh, that make all of this money and they, they're like, oh, I'm only going to work like eight months of the year and then I'm going to go on vacation and I'm going to go, gonna gonna, go to the Dominican or the Philippines or Mexico. And I said that they only go to countries that are all inclusive. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like they really, really don't want to admit it. But every time they vacation, what they're doing is going to a socialist well, they, hell. They,
0: uh, <laughs> they also uh, create these mega yachts where they can basically sit in their own echo chambers and not even interact with society anymore. Yeah, you know, you've got your you've got your chef, you've got your captain and your maids and whatever. You know, you just you sail out into international waters and. Who's gonna tell you what to do? I mean, I these feel people, like if we like, knew where these yachts he, he,
1: were, you and I could have some real fun with some pirate flags. Oh, like, buddy, I would be down with that. Like, oh man, who's gonna take out the paddle boat with Did a rocket okay, launcher? <laughs> uh, hang, hang on, hang <laughs> on. There was
0: actually a really cool uh, case where they, uh, uh, I, I believe it was an ex-marine, um, uh, like general or whatever. He 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 basically got assigned uh, Op Four, which is the opposing force. In one of these war games, and I think it was against like Somalia, this war game, right? So they set it up and basically he used like suicide bomber boats and uh like motorcycle uh messaging rather than radio. Yeah. So everything was carried and written. And he fucking slayed like twelve boats, would have been like casualties in like the twenty million G- or sorry, the twenty thousand to two hundred thousand zone. And uh, then, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the joint ops all got together and said, okay, well, you can't use suicide boats, man. You can't. You can't. You can't. <laughs> got to play by the rules. And he's like, you really think these guys would? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, right? no kidding. But, like, you kind of look at that and you're like, these guys buy these mega yachts and they think they're so safe. Mm-hmm. You know, like, a, a, a thing in the middle of the ocean with, like, who's, who's next to you? Yeah. You know, you're not protected by a military or a government either. I, I, I don't know. I think it's like... It's just such uh, like you, you hear uh, you, these billionaires with their two hundred and fifty million dollar mega yachts. Yeah, you see these walkthroughs on YouTube sometimes, and you are like, how how disconnected do you have to be to have literally a city floating in the middle of nowhere so you can not rel- not not even interact with the people you are fucking over? You know, like that's that that to me is the sick part.
1: Yeah, I think the worst the worst part about all of that again is like. <laughs> We, t- we we mentioned it a couple times now but going back to the whole taxes is theft i mean fuck there's no greater obvious like theft right there because they his workers are definitely not getting to ever see that yacht no they're never going to be anywhere I mean, maybe near on youtube but yeah yeah but the if they have time if they do that on work time then they're fired right yeah, like they so like the, the, <laughs> oh yeah yeah like the the reality is is that the theft is still coming from the top so i mean like I'm not. I'm not one for compl- like uh, compl- further complicating the tax code, but I'm all down with uh, adding four more brackets above our current highest oh, one. Sure. Yeah, uh, I fucking add I, thirty I, more. I don't make care. Make it fair, you know. Yeah.
0: Like uh, it's it's these elites now that control the media in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, it's uh, these big tech corporations that are literally silencing anything that opposes them. Yeah. And, oh, we want to stand up to big government or we want to stand up to this small movement of people that don't want, you know, well, speaking of (laughs) employment
1: too, right? Like, cause I think journalism is an interesting one, right? Because like journalists as individuals have to be employed by someone or they have to have like their own individual blog. But then in today's day and age, what distinguishes them from somebody who just has a blog? Because there's nothing that differentiates like, you and I can start a blog versus someone with a journalism degree and 25 this years could experience be a journalistic
0: could. broadcast yeah, too. Yeah, we mean.
1: we like we genuinely have no no way of distinguishing between the yeah, two, right? Yeah, it's true. And I think that so I think that there's an interesting one. You the the legal system knows how to do that because they've made it illegal for me to give out legal advice, right? Mm-hmm. So you can have you can make it illegal to give out uh fake news or fa- fake like n- knowledge. Into to some degree, because it's been done, legal advice... Oh, for sure. It we, sh- but it shouldn't
0: be up to these big corporations to no. decide... No, of course not. ...what's said and what isn't. <clears throat> and yeah. I think in a lot of ways, like just to kind of put a cork in this so we can get back to uh, employment... Uh, you know, this whole um, Russia putting bounties on troops. Yeah. Uh, You know, they came out and they said, this probably isn't true, but Wall Street Journal went out and said, oh, you raised the alarm. This is actually happening. And that was why we couldn't pull out of Afghanistan under Trump. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to. And then this bullshit story came up from bullshit nowhere. And, you know, they've determined it is not factual at all. Russia had no involvement whatsoever. But that's the thing is like, it's, so
1: it's incredibly easy to create and everybody
0: fake- that went against that mantra of Russia putting bounties on troops was removed from Twitter, silenced from YouTube, um, <clears throat> taken off of Facebook, and yeah. shit like that. You know, And that, that, to me, it's like, if you have a point of view, you, know, you should be able to at least voice it and have a discussion. That's why I love this show, because we, we do that. But
1: you know, I don't, really I think the problem I have is that social media, I, in my opinion, social media needs to disappear mm-hmm. uh, in its entirety. And the main reason for but that. But then how would I talk to my grandma? Well, exactly. The same way you always fucking did, right? <laughs> like the, at the end of the day, like if there were direct conversations being had online, for sure. Like yeah. that, that's more than, that's more than something that I can get behind. Even YouTube, because the, the content creation there, takes it take there's a there's a barri- enough barriers to make it somewhat complicated to yeah. make stuff that it's it's a little bit on the difficult side but things like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram with just like it's just littered with with fake accounts and fake people and this nonsensical Idea like we there's a Black Mirror episode and I've recently gotten Evan onto Black oh Mirror. If you God. haven't seen it, it's uh so true like honestly
0: like I I was traumatized by a few of those episodes. Bro. Yeah, like I, I I I've seen some scary shit, some scary movies and that, and you know usually it's pretty gory and you're <laughs> like oh yeah it's scary you know like yeah. Saw right. But that like literally mentally fucks with me. But you want to hear Be, something but, even
1: funnier here? But just, hang, hang on, just on this thought because <laughs> so like with Black Mirror, the the whole idea is like that the, they show the dark side of technology. It's the yeah. first half of every, uh, every, every of every episode is like, hey, we have this new technology. It does this. So there's the one of the first episodes that I don't know that you've watched it yet. Is uh, you rate into every interaction between each other? Okay, right on a one to five, and it's a smile. Uh, scale. Oh, so right? it's like the
0: one from the Orville where they have. Yeah, the, uh, just yeah. like the one from yeah, the Orville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That
1: literally exists in China literally exists mm-hmm. right where you have a rating of a your interaction and then your social credit score is impacted and
0: there were people that literally couldn't take public transportation as yeah a result so of they
1: kept and not only public and they, had they also couldn't go to international airports yeah so they weren't they were prevented <laughs> from leaving anywhere but and also their circle of friends anyone who contact who is in contact with them so basically because there's microphones everywhere and you yeah. have to submit to facial recognition if you want to uh if you want internet access from the chinese government nice and so um by the way watch a show coded bias on netflix it's a really great documentary it talks all about this but uh but yeah so the the reason why i was bringing that up though is that this is the this is what social media is creating we have like a like score we we, we consider people celebrities who don't do anything or have any skills they just have a and i, I maybe not it's not skills because getting a following ha- requires some kind of skills or at least an entertainment bend yeah. right but what it's doing is it's putting the likes of of the idiots from jackass onto the top tier of journalists these are the where you're getting your information from is johnny knoxville as he's shooting firecrackers out of his butthole right and because that's how they got popular and then this is that's the equivalent right now we've we've created this weird zone where the people who are giving us our news are pseudo celebrities who are famous not for news not even for anything really talent-based right and then we also have these shows that create this echo chamber of that like like go, going all the way back to uh um the the like you've got masked singer you've got what what's you see, this star is, this is find thing, you've though. got all of that but we what what does what tiktok expose more than anything else singing and dancing are not unique skills mm. fucking everyone can do it and go. probably about 20 percent of them could do them professionally yeah so they wouldn't even need the auto-tune so then that tells me that the bullshit that we're getting fed to us makes sense as to why there's guys out there trying to sell gucci to black people right like like this, this is a, a a white nationalist italian oh, company i mean shit what what was his name who went, went on oprah uh fucking 20 years ago and said he hated that black people were wearing his jeans the calvin klein oh my god right like like that th- but this is this is all it is 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 they've taken culture and manipulated it through social media and made it seem like this is an ideal to strive towards yeah. oh i've got friends no I you don't Because underwear. if I killed you right now Nobody's showing up to your funeral You got no friends yeah. Right Because if Unless it gets posted on Facebook Nobody knows And what are they gonna do If they see it They ain't showing up They're sending their thoughts and prayers Oh that's so Oh important. thoughts and prayers for Corey For getting murked in his fucking house no. Like so <laughs> But like at the no, end of the,
0: This is dark man Holy fuck
1: oh. But it's uh, <laughs> a turn Holy shit but, the, but this is what I mean though Right like that's That's employment now These people yeah. are fucking paid Right that's a job today is being an influencer an influencer is honestly it's a synonym for being a fucking snake salesman the <laughs> snake oil salesman you're a piece of shit if you're an influencer 99 percent oh, of you are God. pieces of shit yeah. right and that problem is this is the way we've shifted so you're, employment you're
0: shitting on pewdiepie
1: hey right oh now. i will shit on all of them no, i don't give, give a me, fuck give me who they are. give me five minutes give
0: me five minutes 100 you i it. thought of this the other day and it's hilarious so Mr. Beast, come at me. This is all. Uh, here, here's what I'm going to say. You gave your brother a hundred fucking grand, and he's made less content than we've made us three with like three mics and a fucking laptop. Yeah. We've made more content than his brother he gave a hundred thousand dollars to. So c- tell you what, Mr. Beast, give me your credit card. I'll wipe you out there you go give me it, it, get two minutes with your credit card i'll be at your next youtube video i'll be your last youtube video my house will be filled with golden guns you'll be like where'd all my money go i'll be like bitch your credit card's on my phone now that's what i'm talking about oh, you God. know like I, I had a dream where this happened where i got approached by mr beast i woke up i literally made a wish list on like six different sites because like that 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 chance encounter you run into one of these fucking influencers that's, that's like Oh, here's my credit card, bro. I'm making a YouTube video. I'm gonna wipe them off the map. Yeah. I'm gonna be like that okay, you sure you wanna do this, pal? Yeah. Well we're timing you right now. I'm like, okay, are you fucking sure?
1: <laughs> Ten <laughs> million, you're yeah. done. Uh, oh well I'm just I'm just buying Gold by yeah. the kilogram,
0: kilogram gold bars, <laughs> assorted uh, diamonds, pure. Uh, uh, you know, just fucking. You know, the pallets of silver. Yeah, you know, the guy like the, the the guy's gonna put a WCB claim in, dropping this shit off of my house, man. Yeah, that's that's how much I'm ordering. And I'm, like, this is the stupid thing, though. Like when people get approached by these fucking influencers, yeah, they don't think. Well, no, of course not. You know, people it's don't like, think load most This card up, we're giving you my credit card. I'd be like, okay why yeah <laughs> you know like what's the point of this like i i, I don't know like it, it just to me uh it, it's it's highlighting like the best part of capitalism when you can just go on a shopping spree, like it, it, like that, that is all ultimately what capitalism looks like. Well, that's oh, the dream, oh right? Because how many people actually dream, get right? that, it's, right? Exactly. And he, he targets these inherently low income communities on purpose. Yeah. Uh, so he can, you know, get these views and all this respect. And know, oh, I opened a car dealership with $1 cars and everything, but it's like, Are you really helping these people that get this? I mean, a lot of these states, too, they have to pay tax on lottery winnings, too. Oh, all of them. So I wonder, like, sometimes when someone gets, like, a $20,000 car and they go to register it they're like okay well you still have a tax on it
1: well that was the great bullshit of price is right right Uh, okay yeah uh, yeah yeah, like with the the price is right when people would win the cars because most people that were going on the show especially uh early on in the like 80s and 90s were like relatively low income right because california was just seeing their tech boom then right and so and that's where it's filmed and so they uh people weren't traveling across the country for television shows like they are now but uh, but yeah, most, most people who were winning cars because they actually had to pay the taxes on it were actually then have to having to sell those cars because they were, or file for bankruptcy because they couldn't afford the taxes on yeah. it, right? Yeah. And so it was actually putting them into a harder position a lot of the time. I mean, they still have an asset to sell so they can move that. But you're not getting full value for it when you're forced to do it, and that's right? exactly
0: what I'm saying. And you know, all I'm saying is, Mr. Beast, give me your credit card. I'll be your last YouTube video. Imagine all the views. <laughs> like, do it for your fans. You know, <laughs> do it, please. Like, oh, this man bankrupt me and just have like my face blurred because you're not getting. I don't want no one knowing who I am. I don't give a fuck. Uh, but yeah, here's here's where I'm at. Like, what what good is this doing for society? Like, it's it's basically showcasing. Something that you're never going to be able to do. Yeah. Um, in, 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 for for what? Entertainment value? Yeah. You know, like entertainment value used to have substance and writing and depth. And you used to have to, you know, have a story that portrayed an antagonist and a protagonist. And you, you used to have to, you know, see a beginning middle and, of an end to a story, you know. And, you know, it could be over several books or series. Yeah. But what entertainment value is literally giving someone 10 grand?
1: Well, reality television, in my opinion, without a competition built into it, is fucking useless. Well, I think don't get that me wrong, there
0: is some reality television that shines a light on some fucking horrible shit.
1: Yeah. Like, well like you know there's documentaries <laughs> i would say most things that are reality television are like oh you don't like the running man principle no i don't even know what that is you ever see that movie the arnold schwarzenegger one no where they get the oh, prisoners oh yes, fight yes each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah 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 that one was a good yeah, one yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: that's what i'm saying like that's that, an old movie oh 100 yeah i'm an old movie storage base man I'm fair like, enough <laughs> that's that's my life um but like he, to get back to employment uh, you know, for those of us who aren't fortunate enough to, to be influencers. And you know, if this show gets to a point where we become fucking famous somehow, I, I will probably donate most of this money back personally. Absolutely. I don't know where you guys sit on that.
1: I genuinely don't even like, to me, I have a very like relatively, I think like legitimately decent budget. I need to keep around for my house just mm-hmm. while I'm the only income earner right now. While the wife finishes her schooling and, we got a one year old. So like I, I've got to keep a certain base, but for sure. above anything above that. So like there, well, there's statistics that show this. And and for, for a lot of things, I disagree with Jordan Peterson on one of the things that he's pointed out is that if you as a single individual earn $60,000 a year or more in Canada, uh, the statistics show uh, conclusively that you ca- will not gain any more happiness with by earning any more which means that you are better off taking more free time and Mm -hmm. not working those 80 hours and actually keeping yourself at that 60 grand a year right and so if if you're there everything above that is at like what you donate if you were to like let's say you you made a quarter mil right and you donated 190 grand of that first of all you're now paying zero taxes on that 60 g's which is kind of nice because you're writing that off
0: prepay your taxes for the rest of
1: your life but not only that you're now making other people's lives significantly better right around you but and then in turn of that one of the things that feels great is, is making other people's lives feel better right like they do that they do these tests all the time um in school just like show to, to teach kids all about like the value of sharing and talking and communication and stuff and like one of them is called the balloon test and um teacher will bring in like 100 balloons right and they'll write the name of every every student on it inflate it and pop it into the gymnasium and they go okay you have 60 seconds to find the one with your name on it uh go Right? And by the end of it, after 100, ki- 100 kids for, for a minute, maybe five or six of them have it. There's not a lot, right? There's yeah, fucking 100 yeah. balloons in there. And then they go, all right, you got one more minute, but in this minute, your job is just to f- grab the nearest balloon and then find the person whose name is on it, mm-hmm. right? By, by le- With with less than, in, in under a minute, everybody's got their own balloon, right? Which is just, it, the idea is to show its way easier yeah. to find happiness for someone else than it is for yourself. And at the end of the day, if you do that, someone is also out there looking to find it for you that's a, right
0: that's a it, cool uh that's a
1: cool little thing man yeah it's kind of yeah, a beautiful I like idea that. right I like and, that. It, yeah. and it encourages communication as well right because no if shit. you can start communicating then you can actually move things around a little better right yeah that's uh, that's a really cool social experiment
0: yeah I, so I, I like
1: that yeah, yeah. And, and and you know what we've done we've done similar ones too in terms of like just trying to show like the how possible it is to leave certain situations at homes and things like that so you yeah. can you can upscale those to like a lot different social Experiments, but like the, the the main idea there is still again like giving is is something that actually generates happiness internally. Yeah, and people keep thinking that taking more and more is what's going to do it. And here's the thing: I mean, like I, I I do a lot of studies
0: of you know ancient cultures and stuff, and you know for, for a white guy, I might go into some other you know really random cultures like Japanese culture, for example. Um, but in Native American culture is really interesting in this aspect because. Uh, you know, if you were a chief, uh, you were really seen as the provider for the whole community and yeah. it was because, and not because you were the wealthiest and you owned the most stuff, it's the, the stuff you gave away, the yeah. time you gave away the, you know, the things that you gave so other people could have life, yeah. you know, that's what made a good chief. And um, you know, there's there's obviously a whole bunch of stories that kind
1: of tie into that and in the native history. Well, the, but, the history uh, of the Buddha is tied directly to that. For the, yeah. For the yeah. people who don't know, like the history of uh, Siddhartha Gautama, who's like the original Bu- the Buddha, he was a, he was the wealthiest person. He was the son of the wealthiest person in the country, right? And yeah. and, and the whole reason he his, his philosophy, or the whole the I mean, I don't know how much of this is fact. A lot of it is still uh, uh, mysticism. But the uh, the story goes that. Uh, his father, because he had all of this wealth, basically prevented any any signs of inequality of suffering uh, from his son from ever seeing or experiencing any of that. Right. Yeah. And basically, one day, uh, the son escaped the walls and went into town and saw all of these people suffering and all of this. And he was like, "Wait, what is this?" Yeah. And he never actually understood what was going on. And it became his like his path to to introspection and understanding uh, what happiness is, because he was like, "Well." if these people don't have it is happiness the substance is it the material and then that part that, that that you know trickled into his introspective guide so i think that 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 kind of idea of seeking happiness and not needing material goods i mean that's baked into christianity it's just most christians forgot about it yeah right Strange. like that the idea <laughs> the, the whole reason the whole reason that 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 um anti-semitic uh christians talk about Jews have money is because Jews were the only ones who, allow, who were allowed to be commercial merchants yeah. way back when. And it was because it was considered to be less than holy. Yeah.
0: Right. It was, it was considered. Yeah. It was, it was, considered, jewelry. But, yeah, yeah,
1: it was considered weird. Right. Yeah. It was considered yeah. beneath Christians. Right. They, yeah. they didn't want to be merchants and therefore Jewish, uh, uh, Jewish people became the merchants. Yeah, Right. True. And that, and so the, the idea of, of materialism.
0: Did you that, know that uh, QAnon is very popular in Germany? And a lot of the rhetoric right now is exactly that. Uh, and it's, it's quite shocking. Um, I watched a really good Vice documentary. Vice is always ahead of the curve. They were one of the first to report on the Uyghurs. Oh, okay. uh, they, uh, they've they done a lot of reports on uh, recently uh, the U.S. railroad system and how uh, a crazy amount of uh, negligence is being basically taken place. Uh, but one of the interesting ones I watched was about... Um, how Germany's uh, QAnon movements really taken off, and there's uh, there's a, there's a it's, it's that white nationalist movement just like we had down yeah. south, um, and you know it, it, me being the conservative, you know I I I, I here's the problem, uh, you, you look at this and you say okay well what you what you can't define white nationalism yeah you can any asshole that says that's a fucking idiot I'm sorry you can point yeah. at a Nazi and say fuck that guy yeah and if you can't do that you're a white nationalist. Uh, there's your test. Is this a Nazi? Yes, okay, congratulations. What do you do with him? Kick him in the face, shoot him put him in jail. There you go. you passed any other answer is not acceptable yeah I- I'm sorry like it's uh, it needs to be said and I-, I I watching Tucker Carlson lately has been absolutely depressing uh because it's been it's become more and more of trying to hide the ball with what a white nationalist is. And it's really taken off across borders now. Yeah. And when you look at a country like Germany, which is, you know, historically, uh, you know, quite a white country and the rhetoric is very much 1930 ish right now. And it's it's quite terrifying.
1: Yeah. Um, and and he said, well, and this kind of goes back into that social media echo chamber yeah, issue that we have. Exactly right. It, like, and these and influencers then influencers, too. Well, and that's you know? exactly these guys, it. It's like
0: the, the Black Lives Matter lady owns a 10 million dollar mansion. Like. It, uh, they got I, didn't, I didn't even know
1: there was a lady there oh but,
0: yeah she's the head of black lives matter the the the, the group and she owns a 10 million dollar mansion
1: yeah so, i mean money is not going to fix that problem unfortunately because it's it's part of policing and but the, yeah.
0: yeah but here's the thing it, it, maybe that money could have gone to more you know better fucking yeah. things. i'm not going
1: to judge her for not having the, like for not spending the money i mean fucking edmonton's police budget is 270 million right and yeah. it's uh, so like at the end of the day uh until until we start dealing with that and dealing with the training, like the 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 train like the training aspect is really where it gets pathetic, right? Like mm-hmm. if you if you look into just the hours it takes in your province or state to to become a hairstylist, let's yeah. say, right? Roughly
0: two thousand hours. Oh no, to be huh. a red seal, it's a thousand hours each um each year. Each ticket. Yeah. So yeah. You're four thousand hours before you even get your journeyman ticket, and then okay, you, you get go. your journeyman ticket at around four thousand after your schooling. Yeah, and then you go for your red seal, right? So it's it's a lot more hours.
1: Yeah. So in the, I mean, in the states, depending on where you are, they start around twenty one hundred and go up from there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, like for co- cosmetology school and things like that, right? Whereas your average officer is is not getting anywhere near that level of training Fuck right no. and and that's the biggest issue is again our budget is spent in the wrong place we're not paying to train them we're paying them to outfit them because we didn't train them and that's the mm. problem right is like we give them all these tools and things to track to track people down what if we scanned every single license plate on the planet why don't we do that what if we had a heat-seeking helicopter and
0: you know dogs with laser vision you know it's
1: well but that but yeah the the, the possibilities
0: are endless and it's stupid because policing used to be you go around your community you'd walk your beats yeah you know you'd be a part of the community and you know i i really liked what eps did the other day uh, they had their chief on a uh, Zoom meeting with a whole bunch of people that wanted to ask questions. Yeah, That's community policing. That is interacting with your community. And, yeah, you're going to get some people, like maybe me and you, that would be like, why the fuck this and this? Yeah, And maybe it would be your job to go look into it. You know, that's good. It's not like this is just the way it is. Uh, yeah. Deal with it. And, you know, I think that in a lot of ways... Uh, it should take longer to become a police
1: officer. Well, if it takes
0: eight years to become a doctor. Why can't it take four to become a police officer?
1: Well, exactly. Just I think saying. I think that that's just. I, I think that would be the bare minimum, right? And I, I also would go. I think just in terms of like again tying it into employment, there's certain things that you just simply do Sorry,
0: not. My doggy. Oh yeah, she's uh, she's doing doggy things. Yo. Yeah, she is. She, she's uh, probably barking at the neighbor fixing his car.
1: Yeah, but yeah, there, there's just certain things like. we'll we'll, tie tie policing into employment is it a dangerous form of of employment you're definitely you're damn right it is right uh but 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 currently a lot of that danger is perceived and not real most of it's perceived and a lot of it's also put put on the police directly by the government yeah so i would say that the danger the most dangerous aspects of the job are ones that a are uh, are not needed yeah and b are are completely untrained for. So mental health checks completely untrained for. Yeah. And uh you don't need a police a police officer with a gun manning streets and handing out traffic tickets. This those interactions, the person in the car is not going to be that as defensive if you know it's a bylaw officer yeah. who's pulling you over for it. The likelihood of aggression, because you're people get people are afraid Uh, I'll speak for myself. I'm afraid if when I get pulled over that a cop's going to try to exert more power than they have in the situation. And and by virtue of them having a gun that they could, they could check my private area. If I bought a used car recently, it could have stuff in the panels and I could be fucked completely. And all because what I went 10 over like, this is, this is really what we're about to do right now is that my, my life's over, my freedom's gone. And I feel like that's a lot of what flashes through people's minds, but I've also been pulled over by bylaw officers before which is pretty funny when they've chased me up the street one time oh you didn't you didn't pay for your your uh, your parking here's a $25 I got a ticket funny bylaw story. Yeah, but, yeah but 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 like i was not afraid i i was was probably more disrespectful than i needed to be but it's not like i was getting aggressive i was just like get a fucking job like but she obviously had one she did a really good job there she yeah. took my bullshit and i apologize i don't know who you are but uh apology i was in to the a universe. car uh
0: driving home it was saint patrick's day all my buddies for whatever reason we were doing uh uh like a star trek night or whatever and uh we all dressed in our star trek uniforms nice and i was dressed as captain kirk and my buddy, Phil, was dressed as Scotty, and my other buddy was dressed as uh, uh, McCoy, right? Doc McCoy. And I take this wide right turn uh, right, right out in front of, uh, I think it was uh, Fountain Park yeah, uh, pool. And uh, this wasn't my buddy, Phil, from engineering. This is another buddy, Phil. Uh, I've talked about Phil before, just in case he's listening. He's like, this, that wasn't me. No, oh, it was a different Phil. Anyway, so I took this right hand turn and then I see these lights come on like instantly, right? And it's St. Patrick's Day and, you know, he's probably just doing a DUI. So I was just asking what he's did. Gets out of his car, walks up, and this is immediately how the conversation goes. roll down my window. He's like, license and registration. I'm like, oh yeah, no problem, officer. Here you are. Okay. Goes through it, hands it back, and he's like, okay, I'll be right back. I said, no problem, sir. He's like, officer. I was like, okay okay goes <laughs> back to his car like five minutes comes back he's like you know why i pulled you over today and i said look man you know it's probably the wide right turn it was a little icy i just saw the ice this car's rear wheel drive it's actually the same one you're driving uh you understand probably right and he's like well it sounds like you need better tires and i said i just can't afford them, man i'm just doing what i can and he's like man it's officer you address me as officer when we're speaking. And I'm looking at this kind of...
1: Okay, all right. got going to pause for one second. 100% if that person said, uh, looked like a guy, uh, if, you had said, if you had appeared as a guy but said, uh, actually, it's she, guaranteed that dude's flipping his fucking lid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Just wait.
0: Uh, so he hands me back the license <laughs> registration, and he's like, okay, well, you drive safe. And he's walking back to his car, and I poke my head out the window. I'm dressed like Captain Kirk, right? And I'm like, drive safe, Captain? <laughs> <laughs> he turned around and just started laughing so hard and all my buddies in the car were just dying uh but yeah that was uh that that was the one time i got pulled over by a peace officer
1: but yeah, well, so a peace yeah. officer. So we actually have like bylaw enforcement in uh, in parts of Vancouver, yeah. and so like they're not cops. They're actually like just they they drive in a car that has cameras on. Yeah, it yeah. That just, scan plates. They, they and have all them.
0: That. In, they have. We got them in Edmonton and Saint Albert too.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. So they that's that's really what should be taking over. But kind of just go, keep tying it all into the employment aspect. Like I get that there's a fear base in there. I get that. But we yeah. need to we need to be able to train for it. And I think even even more so, like especially so when we're talking about. Uh, someone that has like an added level but like flipping it onto onto the other side of it so i was thinking about this last week because an officer came into my store where where i work right yeah and i just found it so odd because like i see policing as kind of like a trade and there, yeah. right right and and i would find it really weird if even in the middle of the day when the dude's on shift if a plumber came in with his belt on right i feel like that would be yeah. really weird yeah you know at my what? hockey store if a plumber came in with a giant wrench and a huge belt just or mario or if a carpenter yeah. had like all of his hey. tools and a skill saw yeah and just like walked in and was like yeah i need my skate sharpened and i'm like yeah that seems like weird to lug that why is it the police officers feel like it's okay to walk in with their fucking gun on their hip because well, the second he walks in, I'm like, well, I'm gonna grab three shanks. <laughs> and I'm just
0: stand there at the desk, like, hey, how's it going?
1: <laughs> like I am just, just in case. Just in case. I don't know. You could be I don't know where you got that uniform. How do I know that employees. you're a cop? Like
0: <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh man. But it's like it, it's one of those things that's just so weird. Like, but I think that the reason I wanted to bring that up is because when you're like, what are your rights as an employee? Right, because cops get all of those rights up at the front. The government goes, "Oh no, they have every reason to be afraid." Therefore, they're allowed to murder people. Right? Yeah. Oh no, they have every reason to be uncomfortable. Therefore, they're allowed to beat the shit out of people with a baton. Right? Oh no, they they, they, they felt like security. they were that you, know, you were being hostile, so they were allowed to spray you with capsaicin. Yeah, I remember <laughs> when
0: I was doing security work and uh, I was at the uh, I, one of the malls in Edmonton. I won't say which one it was. On the south side, a little shitty area, there was a stabbing there a few years before. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we had this, like, one really drunk guy in the mall, and we just, like, very, like, I didn't want to touch this guy. I, my whole thing was, like, I had I, I had I was the head of the security team there. Yeah. And I was just like, if you can ever de-escalate a situation without getting physical or whatever, do it. Don't go in for the arrest. If you can just get them off the property, get call the police. Yeah. Like if they're actively trying to do something, that's when you're going to engage. If they're trying to hurt someone else, that's when you engage. But if they're just stealing shit and they drop it and they're walking out, don't chase them. You know, And this drunk guy was perfect example of that. Just de-escalate, And he starts he starts screaming at us right in in the in the food court. Yeah. As we were walking by, like didn't engage him at all. And he's like, oh, you fucking rent a pigs. I'm like, sir, can you leave? like there's kids here like seriously like get the fuck out right yeah. and he's just like okay well you know what i'm going to leave but it's not cuz you said right and i'm like okay man just like seriously you're drunk like i don't want to call the cops like you probably have a few warrants like just get the fuck out of here right yeah like, i don't want i don't want this to escalate right so he's like fuck you man how do you know i have warrants?" right and he's like, <laughs> walking out the door and like every five seconds he's turned around and he's you have tattoos on more, your face right? if you don't have warrants you have a rap album so we're walking this guy out of the uh out of the building <laughs> And uh, he keeps turning around every, like, five paces yelling at us. And one time he turns around and he pulls out this, like, fucking used needle. And he starts going, I'm going to fucking stab you, right? But he's still walking backwards. So I'm like, I'm just not going to get closer. Yeah. I just stopped right there. And then there's the police station right across the road from this mall, right? So there's cops always driving along this road. And that was where I was pushing him. Yeah. Because I knew... Chances were there's going to be at least one cop car parked there or someone driving. So, sure enough, uh, he gets to this road and he's turned around. He's got this needle in his hand. Yeah. And literally, the cop, like this, this cop uh, Constable Becker is Constable Becker's actually a really cool guy, ex military guy, like intense as fuck. Uh, like, jumps out of his car, arrests this guy, like, immediately, right? And uh, I remember after he got arrested, he's, they, they drive him right to the station. He's like, "Man, I should have just pulled up my baton." You know, man. You know how bad I want to use my baton, man. <laughs> I just like I've, I've been waiting for the. This was the perfect chance, right? Uh. And I was sitting there like. I didn't even want to touch this guy. Do you want to
1: go ham on him with a baton? You, good for you, man. But oh. like, fuck, like Jesus. But that's like, doesn't it kind of show that his intention yeah. was also to get fucking offensive? That's like, exactly it. Right? And
0: ever since then, I, I think back to that and I'm like, this is exactly why you just comply.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: <laughs> we, we talked about but this. But even when,
1: like, I mean so we're we keep shifting and i think it's because in the news this week has been a lot of fucked up things like we we, we try we're trying to like keep the employment to like a general one but we're bringing it back to cops and security I'm on sorry. a regular basis. no 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 but we're both doing it and i think it's because like we literally we watched so a video of a fucking 13 year old get shot dead we just we just watched some bitch try and claim that her fucking uh her her taser confused her for a gun the thing that weighs less than a quarter is bright fucking yellow needs a light to go on and also is on the other side of your hip and also is Shorter in your palm, it, it, like the it's the, lighter. It's, it's not full of bullets. <laughs> yeah, it, you need to turn a light on for on it to the be wrong working. Place it looks like I, a highlighter. I it's, mean, it, so so I think that I get. Uh, I'm just gonna and in the same community too.
0: Yeah, as George Floyd, right?
1: Yeah. Well, there was also two videos going around. One in for Minneapolis for of a white dude driving. Like, so he was surrounded by cops with guns on him. One of the cops is on his pickup truck. It's a lifted pickup truck, and he's hanging on to the windowsill. And white dude hits one of the cop cars and just starts driving. Never gets shot. Gets arrested. Nice. Yeah. Drove away with a cop, literally attached to his car. Cop still didn't shoot him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause he was like, wow, well, he's white. So I'm still probably safe. Right. Mm. Like that, like that, the, the end of the day the amount of like, it's these, these obscene claims of fear, but what's all what I think what I want to kind of tie this into is for the rest of us who are working in employment right now, why is our fear not treated the same way of other things, right? Like in in almost any case, right? Like I think that you would be hard pressed to find some Canadian who hasn't uh, been in an employment where they didn't follow the law where they didn't give you the paid breaks you deserve, where they were asking you to do unpaid work, where you have a contract together with what you're supposed to do and they're asking you to do things outside of it, things that are more dangerous a lot of the time and not expecting to pay you. Just so you know, I want to make this fucking abundantly clear for people about how these rules work in employment. Even if you, so these are rights you have. The problem is, and I'm going to put this at the outset, all of our rights are reactive, right? So we don't have them at the outset and enforcing them is a pain in the ass. I'm like, comps who don't actually have to enforce them they have all of these obnoxious presumptions that have just been allowed to float forever ours don't actually exist so and it's why it's why we end up having uh you know massive issues with things like um oh what was the fiber that causes uh 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 cancer that can't asbestos yeah right like they there were there were tons of workers who had issues and fears about about potentially working with it and the employers who refused to listen to those yep right and then basically just kept sending them back kept sending them back and it's because they weren't directly involved in it and it's the same idea with with us we actually don't get our rights enforced by anyone but you have rights as an employer. You have rights to paid meal breaks. Depending on which province you're in, you're going to have rights related to how far apart your shifts can be, how long your shifts can be, what your overtime pay scale is going to be. But further to that, things that people can't actually look up, and that's really where where I want. I think the meat and the potatoes are, is if you look at the legislation, and I'll use BC as an example just because it's the the province I, I got my degree in, so is where we learned a lot of the stuff. But if you, if you were to um, work at a place for let's say four years in BC, right? The repeater is going to be roughly, you get two two weeks of severance for the first year and one week for every year after, right? And so you get two weeks in year one, one week after, so you're up to three, one week after, so you're up to four, and by the fourth year, you're up to five weeks of severance, right? That's what you're going to have in the legislation. What you actually have is, uh, is going to be in the common law. And This is really where the employers know what the common law is most of the time. Uh, If you're if you're with like a big corporation, the employees never do. And that's because it's not published anywhere. You Mm. actually don't you don't have access to this information. This is this is where lawyers get their money from. Right. Because I might only be able entitled to law secrets. Yeah. So so I might have only been entitled to five weeks in there uh, after four years. It's actually very likely under common law that I get four to six months depending on the situation yeah holy shit yeah but this is things that you wouldn't know if you don't talk to a lawyer and then if you do talk to that lawyer you have probably just spent all of that money in that conversation that you would have gained from there right that's the fucking kicker is yeah. that it's actually it's a stopgap so that's a huge handout to corporations right because we've defined corporations as people so that they can they have all the rights of people so that they can gain access to our courts as people as opposed to being corporations so they don't get treated the same way also and you
0: can load up on a whole
1: bunch of also they can too. fucking load up and then basically back and back end it all to us yeah. right and we don't actually you don't get to see it so those expectations we were talking about with doctors that should be on lawyers you should have an expectation that you should be able to walk into a walk-in legal clinic yeah. and have a 20-minute conversation with someone yeah right i think that that would make perfect sense to have those kinds of set up a legal clinic and you do have those in some university towns right oh, where you can sure. go and talk to the university kids but those are students still yeah they're, right? they're not and Uh, bar associated yeah exactly and 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 that might be beneficial in some capacity but but uh, because they haven't been carved down by the system but (laughs) but at the same (laughs) but i mean at the same way to put it well yeah i mean the system fucks you right like like it 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 makes you because people people like confirmation bias and Pocock, Pocock rationalization are two things that are like, they're, they're psychological phenomenons that, that, that impact everybody. And so like yeah. confirmation bias is when you have an idea and then you seek out information to, to, to basically prop up that idea. Postdoc rationalization is when you formed an opinion and you try to reason backwards from it. Right. Mm. So, um post hoc, you can do like well god exists and if god and because god exists that means that god would have had to have created this part right yeah so it's just kind of going backwards from there whereas like um the uh the the other the other uh approach would be confirmation bias where where uh god exists and you can tell because creation's so beautiful right and you're kind of yeah. flipping the argument around it's still a very similar approach but just two different ways of getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the 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 whole issue with the legal system is actually it's a lack of exposure to the rest of pub- the public, right? Like mm-hmm. we don't have access to what our actual rights are, right? Like if you were to read the charter in, and you were to read that you have freedom of conscience and religion. What like to you what do you think that means? Like just out of curiosity because I can tell you what it means in case law, but like so many people argue about this stuff, right? Like uh, the amount of YouTube videos we're starting to see of like, that's my section seven rights. You can't do that. Right. And, and at the end of the day, they actually just, they genuinely don't know how those things work. Hmm. Right. Like the charter only works in, in interactions with the federal government. I mean, the charter is only in place to defend people from the federal government. That's it. And so you actually don't have charter rights to, against your employee or employer. You don't have charter rights against me as an individual because so I don't have to respect your cult, your your religion and conscience. Ne- the government does, right? Fair enough. And and so that that's kind of the statement there that that most people don't understand with the charter. Now, human rights legislation, that's different. That's provincial, right? Mm. And those are then impacting not just federal, but also public companies but again not individuals Mm -hmm. they can't they can't interact with us and impede you and i from having uh you know disparate views on different things right but the provincial legislation can't fall below the federal so the federal is like a basically a safety net of like social order and the provincial can't fall below those levels in turn in certain uh yeah for most most rules but like yeah if you if you you read i have a freedom of religion and conscience i think that people just go basically like you can't imprison me for thought crimes right and things of that nature would that be fair like suppose so yeah like i mean it's kind of interesting because people have used it to enforce certain things so the leading case on like what what freedom of uh, what section 2a means in yeah. in uh in the charter is a case um called anselm amselm and it was this uh this re- recent convert to judaism uh, who was living in a um, apartment complex, or not an apartment complex, but a uh, townhouse complex. And they had, on the second floor, they had like a shared balcony that like everybody could use. There was like a single fire exit at the end of the balcony kind of thing. Kind of like if you imagine how a, a motel is set up with that second floor and like one walk, one common walk area that gets you to your front door. So um, the the this very specific sect of judaism required the use of what's called a sukkah which is like a specific type of tent for a week or so uh to to, for some sort of uh theological prayer okay right yeah uh so his his temple nearby said oh yeah you can come and like set it up here Um, and the, the groundskeeper, like the people, the, the strata company. So this was, the lawsuit involved this person against the strata company. The strata company said, okay, well you can put it in like the common yard kind of thing. And he basically sued the strata and said, no, I'm putting it on my balcony, which blocked the fire exit and everything. And Canadian government is so willing to, to bend to the will of religious people that yeah, they allowed it. So, so basically the government huh. gov- government and government rules can't impede the free exercise of religious freedoms, which is crazy, yeah. because if I was harvesting magic mushrooms as a, a to exercise under conscience, they would have they would do every single backflip they could do to try and keep me from doing that legally. Hmm. Right. But uh, but the the funny thing is, is how they defined religion will piss you off to no end because you you learn in grade two that this is not how you can use definitions. So the definition of religion and conscience, which, super important that there's no comma there because they're not separate then. They have to be read together. I see. And so religion and conscience have to be two sides of the same coin. But it it has to be something that's uh, incredibly important to the individual, something that they believe to be true, and it has to have a nexus with religion. Hmm. <laughs> So they define the word of having with with the word that they're defining in it. Literally, something you yeah. re, you learn in grade two. You can't do what's a table? Um, well, it's like a, it's a table for stuff to put go on. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's that doesn't define anything. It's a table. Yeah. What what, what is it? It's a table. Like uh, <laughs> what's a pen? Well, it's 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 a a pen for writing. It's a pen for penmanship. Yeah like do you not understand that right <laughs> they use the word to define it so like yeah i know i know we're getting off the bends of of employment here but it's like well i think to with, get us back in line here well even even with like employment rules though that's kind of what got me yeah. set me yeah, off yeah, here yeah, right yeah. is like all of that shit is hidden from the public yeah you guys like don't know and now that i know i'm so tying this into employability because yeah. that's how we started this whole thing right so for people who don't know i grew up in Vancouver, I went to French immersion when I was young, so I can speak French français si tu veux and uh so I can kick it off French but uh but yeah so I, I took French immersion up until grade nine uh the the dreams were in French, and it was too trippy, and science in French is too hard oh so yeah, I can't imagine yeah, so I was yeah. like, okay, I need to do, get out of this but um I, I was never I was I was never a bad student. I was never a good student though. I was like uh, C plus B, right? Like I, yeah. that's just who I was. I was uh,
0: I was B to A. I think when I got into high school. Yeah. But yeah, probably C B, maybe a few A's. Junior high. Yeah. And elementary, it was just like you didn't turn this in. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like, oh fuck. So.
1: I, I feel like I didn't. I didn't have a male teacher until grade nine. That was my first no year shit. having a male teacher. I had never had a male teacher, wow. and so for like i had a male teacher in grade two and he was awesome
0: well yeah i feel like i
1: feel like it's the one it's the one time where it's not the minority female that's going to get the win on this one because i feel like the minority female is going to be catered to in elementary school more than would anybody else because teachers are quite empathetic in that sense fair enough but They are not as empathetic for young boys, especially when they see you as the problem in your adult form. Yeah. And so, oh, you're asking a lot of questions as a boy? What you're trying to do is uh, talk over me and interrupt me. Well, no, I don't understand anything. And they're all interrupting you. They're just... They're just not curious and not a boy, so yeah. I don't feel like I really got catered to. I wasn't listened to, so I had no interest in school. Like I graduated, I took a couple of years off. I was playing hockey. I finished my junior career. So I lived in, uh, I lived in uh, the Okanagan, and I played in uh, Northern Ontario. I played junior A there, and I played uh, junior A in, in Northern Quebec as well in a small town called Témiscaming. And uh, Témiscaming, Témiscaming, oui. They were uh, the the nicest people there. The you can get the the beer for very cheap. It's one dollar for a good glass bottle. So, Uh, yeah. But (laughs) oh yeah. (laughs) But uh, but yeah. So we don't
0: have a fridge. Fuck off.
1: (laughs) So like my first my first foray into post secondary was like basically just so I could keep playing hockey, right? So like I went to the U of A and I played two years there but I was, I took psychology just because it was like, oh, I took psychology in high school. I know I have most of no, nobody else has taken psychology in high school, at least Fair very enough. few people. Yeah. No, so maybe. I was like, I'm going in here pretty much pre-studied. I don't even have to study for this shit. Yeah. And that way I can just play hockey. And that's pretty much what I did. But while I was there, like psychology, I actually had, uh, well, I mean, several male teachers, which I do think that that's where women will have the right to complain that, yeah, you know what? Most People who are teaching in college, it's the reverse. So the high the high earning teachers happen to yeah, be know, men, I, and the low earning teachers happen to be women. I didn't see but. that
0: when I took a few years So engineering. Yeah, most of the engineering profs were male. Yeah, uh, but uh, all my electives uh, like my yeah. economy, philosophy, psychology. Philosophy is a new one, but yeah, yeah. I took philosophy. I, I took a third year course in my first year. Nice, uh, it was awesome. It was uh, risk choice and rationality, and we had a really cool prof. I wish I paid more attention but at that point I really didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Cuz well, I I like it I, I just got so test uh I got so tested and to test 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 yeah. and like I I I don't know like personally like there was really no like socializing or anything other than like one day a week, there was a the German club thing. Yeah, well, I actually met my wife, so I did get something out of my <laughs> secondary <laughs> education. Uh, but, um, you know, other than that, like it was just, it was brutal. Like there was no, there was no fun to it. You know, it was your you're first year engineer. You got to, prove that you know all this shit yeah and, and
1: you went into like the hard- hardcore complex so like all of your relaxation was like so like basically what you were getting in terms of philosophy that's what i was getting as my main core studies right yeah. in psychology you're getting because i mean like even freud who's held up as like oh my god what a crazy psychology he wasn't a psychologist he yeah. wasn't he was the he was a scientist yep right um but he, he wasn't a psychologist he just ha- happened to be a philosopher as well yep. right so he was writing his philosophy based off of his scientific studies um but yeah i've so that kind of gave me my trickle down my 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 leg into being interested in how teaching can be different Mm -hmm. not test-based because with psychology while there were tests it was kind of interesting so my first year i i think i just lucked out uh so if you look at the staff at uh university of alberta augustana uh, which is where I went in mm-hmm. Um The professor of psychology, she was uh, first year, it was her first year when I was there, my first year, and she was just working on her doctorate. Her name is uh, Rebecca Perk-Stevenson. Cool. Uh, really, really nice lady. And she actually taught me that teachers don't have to have an ego. And which is quite shocking. So like I said, I I took a lot of psychology in high school and it was something that was like I studied in my own time. So the first test comes around and Rebecca is like, this is her first time ever writing a test. So she gives a hundred multiple choice questions, Oh no! right? So we already talked about how BC doesn't even do multiple choice post grade seven or after, right? So I'm going through this test and I'm I'm uh, infuriated because lots of the questions, especially in psychology... Like there's two very clear ones that could be, but neither of them are specific enough. And so what I got into the habit of doing was writing E on all of them and then writing out the full answer and then just circling that. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to have no marks just because you write, you make it hard for me to figure out what you're looking for. Ask me the question Mm -hmm. without the multiple choice and I'll give you the fucking answer. Right. And, and so I took a huge risk. I was like, I'm probably going to fail this one. <laughs> I got a hundred percent on the first one. And oh, it's shit. because she called me into her office and she goes, Tristan, I just want to know like, why were you doing this? And I was like, well, I've taken a lot of courses in psychology. This is something that interests me. And I was like, I just want to say like, I feel like you're trying to make it hard to figure out rather than challenging on the subject matter. Yeah. And it was like hard to figure out isn't teaching me anything other than how to do tests. If you want me to know the subject matter, have me explain it to you right yes and she took that feedback and she actually for the next test gave me an early copy to edit for her oh there you go so yeah <laughs> it's like the golden ticket so i had to do a different version of that test yeah of course so she had to t- take the test from the competing course uh the other professor there but she was fun- fantastic yeah, as a result awesome, of this man. right and that is what made me go, holy shit, I can actually respect these people. We can have a conversation. Yeah. We yeah. can actually, I can, I can feel respected in that because I was like, look, I know the information. If you're testing the information, if at the end of the day, what you want is your students to have the information and the skills that you're trying to teach, I can prove that I have those, just not with the way that you're asking me to. Yeah. Right? And that was like my first foray into like post-secondary can be good. So uh-huh. I, I get a fucking like career ending knee injury i blow up my knee i tear my meniscus my meniscus in Holy half and fuck. i lost my scholarship so i i'm like okay i'm going back to i'm going back home gonna move in with the parents figure out yeah, life. yeah 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 so kind of like you my first my first uh post-secondary i met my wife so 11 years ago 12 years ago well 13 years ago we met 11 plus years ago we've been together now but yeah, um, uh, for my wife and i i think it's
0: since 2012 so almost 10 years now, nice so.
1: nice yeah um yeah so i went back i switched into business i was like okay well you know what i guess uh psychology the only real value you can get is if you get a master's in which case you can be a psychologist but a minor in psychology gets you nothing you you have no job it's really just
0: stepping stone to get into medicine really i mean yeah
1: so if we're tying that to employment that's a huge frustration and i think should be at the outset like i think it from a marketing standpoint for colleges, I think it should, uh, colleges and universities, it should be imposed on them to go what careers are tied into the courses you're taking. Right. Right? To tell them, like, this career or or this course doesn't have a a direct tie into a career. Yeah. Right? This is is to build you as a better person. So by all means, take this course, but it doesn't have a career. And then... We can then talk about pricing models based off of the value of those courses. Because right now, it would, that would like give... Like we
0: said last week, man, Like, I think it wouldn't cost the university a whole hell of a lot to see what the shortfalls are in oh, society no. and have jobs lined
1: up. I mean, but then it, they would the have to admit is, that they've they, been charging people for cor- useless courses for fucking how exactly long now, it. right?
0: And, you know, it's, it's one thing to call a course like... Uh, a personality builder or whatever, right? And, you know, you could take like a, a college course on verbal judo and learn how to, you know, actually argue with people that are, you know, upset at you. It's a really cool course. Yep. Uh, but where is that going to help you, you know? Yeah, uh, public relations, Public maybe. relations, you know, policing, um, just an idea. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe if you were in uh, law, social service, something like that. But, you know, these are things that, People don't understand. Like you'll get someone to go take like a fine arts degree, and you know it's like, oh, I'm going to be an art historian. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, all the arts in Europe. (laughs) Um, you don't, you you didn't take a European language, you just took art history. So, so you're going to be a
1: high school teacher. Well,
0: that's exactly it, right? Like, and then you take four years undergrad, then you're like, oh no
1: now what then you got to take another two years well that's the biggest Uh, there's no
0: there's no sitting down and planning well
1: and i feel like from an employment standpoint we've seen a massive inflation in terms of uh education yeah more than anything right like a degree used to be a guaranteed job i have i have two degrees i should have multiple jobs that's what i'm saying man
0: like you should be like
1: goldman sachs over here like showing up in the uh, bentley but, but here's the kicker right when all of our rights are reactionary and employers' uh, ability to fuck you up is primary. Yeah. Then why would somebody want? Like, I understand why people would be hesitant to hire me off of paper. If you meet me, I feel like that, that's a little bit different because I, I conversationally, I can at least yeah, prove that yeah, I'm not. For sure. I'm not the rigid person that uh, my degrees might presume I am. But I think that on paper, I'm a threat. So we we can all agree here that we've we've worked for employers that have not followed the law, right? Oh, I think I think everybody has every single these, person, right? You know, so, it's
0: it's not even like it, 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 it's. Here's the thing: you might not even notice it at the
1: time. Yeah, they know? might not even notice it. Some employers yeah, fair, might fair. not genuinely know what their what the rules that they have to follow are, yeah. right? because they don't want to pay a fucking lawyer either because they're small potatoes business. So that might, but just being a mom and pop shop might, might be one of those situations where they, they don't know they're doing it to you. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but that's kind of the scary thing is like most employers then by virtue of that have every right to be afraid of someone who now knows what their rights are. Yeah, for sure. Right. And that's the thing is there's a lot of things you, you, you could trick me in a lot of ways, but not with legal jargon like not with what my rights are I have I have more knowledge in that than police officers than teachers than it all than almost all employers right outside of uh, that don't they don't have well, the yeah, same legal you, education here's the thing for me
0: like I whenever I do a resume I don't always put all the places I've worked on my resume yeah you know cuz a lot of the times a lot of that position or a lot of that work doesn't really articulated into the job i'm applying for yeah like i've got security experience if i go back far enough on my resume management experience in a retail setting sales experience you know insurance experience you know uh shop experience like it it really and this is the problem like when when you pay all that for an education You can't really pick and choose what you're putting on there. You know, if it was a law degree, you put that down. Yeah. You know, whereas I could kind of go through my resume and say, okay, I'm not really applying for a position where my security experience is relevant. You know, I don't need to put those qualifications on there. In fact, it might make me look weird, you know. And it's kind of funny because I gave myself, you know, that extra seven years to get those experiences And, you know, although I might not put it on my resume, it does absolutely help in the field to have that experience, you know, and I think in a lot of ways, people also undervalue people that only have a high school education and they feel like they're going to get a better deal until they meet me. And then they're like, oh shit, this guy fucks, right? Like, this is the problem, right? Because I get that opportunity and you just won't because they'll look at your resume and they'll say, okay, this guy's probably going to want... 120k and he's worth it look at his education yeah you know and or you or you could argue the alternate alternate and say oh he has no experience in the field well Whereas, and that well know, that
1: but that so the they probably think the first one and the email i get is the second one that's exactly right? right and that's the problem is i don't actually get a honest response so like i've been in alberta for uh i guess it'll be two years in july mm-hmm. and uh, in the two years here, I've applied to over 230 places and I've had three interviews. I believe it. Yeah. So, yeah. and one of them was with a company from BC and they, they actually flew me to Kelowna for the final interview. And just one dude who had 25 years experience beat me and they were even, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. But any, anyways, enough, yeah, but it, yeah. It, 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 the, the end, the end result was I lost because of the lack of experience. And they were like, we like everything about you, but you don't have experience. And I was like, yeah, you can pay me less because of that. Like I, I literally said, I told you guys I would take less money so I could gain the experience because I've managed, unlike almost every other person who has my degree right out of school, I know I did it without paying a penny right? Yeah. Like I was smart. I invested in real estate and very fortunate that I was uh, capable of doing it because I had invested in real estate earlier, right? Smart. Like, yeah. so, and uh, for those who don't know it, if you, uh, if you invest in real estate in BC, you're basically getting a 30% return over three years. Like there, it, I had a 50% return over three years in the first one and, uh, 35% return on the second one. That's,
0: so uh, that's really good
1: yeah it's That's pretty amazing.
0: stupid
1: yeah yeah but i mean it's a it's a it's an absolutely stupid uh wow. realist like once you get wow. out of it you can't get back into it but oh, no shit yeah. Yeah. yeah obviously
0: it's like the precious metals market now
1: yeah if you can get in buy in well yeah like i bought my first apartment in vancouver in north vancouver a, a one-bedroom 520 square foot apartment was yeah. uh, two hundred one thousand. two hundred and one thousand. i <laughs> managed to buy it It was the cheapest that any you unit sold had sold 50 after eh? i sold it for 300 holy f- Fuck! I sold it for three hundred at uh, uh, fact, three years later. Okay, that's a with no changes. <laughs> yeah, no, that was full on fifty percent. Yeah, no shit. Wow. And then and then I bought my place in Camloops. I bought on the North Shore in Camloops a half duplex. I rented out my basement suite for a hundred dollars more than my mortgage every month, so I didn't even pay my mortgage. Yeah, yeah. While I was there, for sure. And then I sold it, so I paid two sixty, and I sold it for three seventy four. That's amazing. So like the amount of money, and that was in three years. And so my schooling was 60 grand, but I didn't pay for my mortgage and I just got that. So you add the mortgage payments onto that and yeah. add- onto the 374 and that was a thousand bucks a month for three years. It's 36 yeah. G's. So I actually sold it for 410 really is what I got out of it, which is pretty insane. That's really good right so at the end of the day you take that six the 60 g's that i spent and actually i made money going to school yeah just off of real estate no i think it's just right?
0: uh i think it's just oh, silly shit. that uh you know if if yeah. like let's just say we both applied to uh you know a, a job right yeah. now like i kind of just want to tie it back to that education thing too yeah. right like if if i put like essentially i can tailor my experience to a job now yeah you know i've been in the workforce almost. 12 years, you know, yeah. more if you include what I was teaching swimming in junior high and high school, right? Like that was a solid 8-year employment almost through, yeah. you know. So it was, you know, uh, this is where I'm kind of at. It's like was it is it worth it to put these education things on your uh, on your resume these days when the bulk of employers just want to get the best deal? Because like for me, uh, I'll compete against people with educations and the last, uh, like kind of corporate job I had was with CarProof, yeah. uh, before they got bought out. And, uh, essentially I was competing against people with more experience in my field, more education, but it was just when I was doing the interview, I just said, look, if you want someone that's goal driven and motivated, look no further. Yeah. I've survived in the sales industry for this long. I am debt free. I drive a Jag. Life's great if you want someone that's going to be in college debt, it's going to be arguing with you about how processes work. And, you know, you're wondering if this guy's going to be a team player or not. You don't have to worry about that with me. I am literally a built in team player everywhere I've worked. Uh, And I think that goes a lot further, you know, that and good references. But I also think
1: that that kind of sucks because it's a poison pill that we were all told we were supposed to swallow. Yeah. Right. Like the, the fact that we were all told like, yeah if you go and get a degree you're going to basically the they, they show you those charts where like the average oh, earner yeah. with a high school is going to have 32 grand, 40 at the, grand and at then, then the max. average with this one uh, that and and then yeah. when you learn what an average versus a mean is you're like oh okay now i understand why they were doing that but yeah. but at the end of the day it's still one of those ones where you feel like i i feel duped for having gone into it uh the law one was i mean fuck like I don't know if I even told you this. How I got into law school is kind of funny because, like I told you, I wasn't into school that much. So, like in my last few years of college, I was really, really I, in business, advanced decision making, statistics, those things. I was really good. So I managed yeah. to get my GPA up good enough that I could get in on the on the grounds of my GPA. But what what? encouraged me to do it is I was running a company for six years and we were successful. We were expanding. And I was kind of at this, this moment where I was like, is this what I want to do forever? And my body was breaking down because it was a training company. And I was just like, no, I don't think I can do this. I need to, I need to have something a little bit more sustainable. So, I got super fucking baked and I took a practice LSAT online and I got a hundred percent and I was like, oh man, if I can get a hundred percent while high, I bet I could do this uh, sober. So I fucking I'm like, all right, well, it's 150 bucks. That's, that's so, amazing. So I just, hundred uh, percent too. Like this is hundred percent. Like
0: if, if you haven't taken an LSAT, this is a test that people go through and pick questions yeah. to answer because there's not enough time. Yeah. You know, like th- I've had friends go through the LSAT and literally they'll come out and it's just like. They, they did two tours of knob you know? <laughs> They got that thousand yard stare they're like the fuck did i just see like to get a hundred percent like uh, that that to me is like
1: crazy well that that's the practice one right yeah. so like well i'm i'm i on mean, my, on my list- than most people in school but um oh is it okay is for a second there. okay I don't know what yeah was. i thought i heard that i was like
0: oh that's weird yeah it was weird well we're still here yeah there you go how, how long have we been on record here
1: Uh, hour 18. Okay. Okay. We should,
0: we should probably cut it here soon. Yeah, we'll tie it up. But, uh, you know, I think I just kind of want to tell people that, you know, don't buy into the bullshit. You know, if, uh, if your parents are really pushing you to get that secondary education, and you still don't know what you want to do, take that time. Search well, I think... your soul,
1: like... Here's the, here's a point of advice that I'm going to give you because so I've gone much, through it, right? Like, yeah. I've done two-year psych, four-year degree in business, and a three-year law degree. I've I've run the gamut of things that you can do outside of the arts, right? Yeah, arts yeah, yeah. and sciences. And the one thing I'll point out is is all you need to do is look at your reason for going. So if your reason for wanting to go to school is to make more money, I want you to really do one thing. Take one step Research. back... Well, it not, not even research. Well, a little bit. But here, but this Lots. is how you do it. This is how you do it, right? Is you take that one step back and you go, okay, what job were you looking to get paid in? If you can answer that question, find somebody working that job and ask them what it would take for you to be hired. Bingo. Because that's what's going to matter. Because if they don't mention a degree, if they mention a certificate, fuck it, go get the certificate. Exactly. You've had your answer, right? Yeah. But that's, that's the real ticket. I didn't know what i wanted to do and i still don't right i'm 33 i'm doing the same job i was doing when i was 19 it's depressing as fuck but this is the world we're in right now and i'm just keeping my family afloat so that's and because i made smart financial investments when i was younger i can i can do that job when i was 19 so a relatively low stress one that gives me more time to myself so i'm 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 put myself into a position where i can do that but i do have limited options because i chose education over experience Right, and the other side is is if you don't know what you want to do, then yeah, university is an option, but it's not the only one. Exactly. Right, and travel is probably less of one now than it's ever been, but you can do a lot of digital traveling and a lot of digital research to look well, into those things, thing, and they, find they those things. They don't they don't tell you how to
0: travel cost
1: effectively either. No, you you,
0: you got to understand that Europe has a massive train empire. And it is quite cost-effective to take the train from country to literal country in Europe. Mm-hmm. So you can get a pretty cheap ticket to France if you book far enough in advance. Like how that rhymed, um, you can usually get uh, you know a ticket for you know a fraction of what it would cost if you book it like almost six months out, Yeah, you know? And then the, the train tickets, you can book those six months out too Yeah, and pay a fraction of what it costs to pay up front, right? So you can literally plan a pretty unique, cool trip. Yeah, uh, You know, if you're comfortable staying in, uh, you know, uh, campuses and, you know, actually getting a taste of a culture rather than the all-inclusive experience, Yeah, you know, you can have a really good time. And uh, it, 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 that's, it, to me... Uh, traveling really kind of set my passion off for history. And yeah. I knew I always had it, but I, I, I never really thought I could make a career of it. Yeah. And it was a damn shame that I kicked myself for now because if I had gone into history instead of engineering at the U of A, I probably would have ended up at the same spot that I am now, but I would have had at least a paper degree that could you know say, oh, at least I'm I worth something on paper because yeah. I, on my side of things... The the amount of devaluation you get from the highly educated is it's insane. Yeah, like people look the, down their nose at me because I don't have a formal education, and it's it's one of two things. It's oh you were too dumb, and when they have a conversation with me, they find out no that's not the case. It then becomes oh you were too lazy, and I, that to me is just so inciting of rage because like, I don't want to be taught to a test. Yeah. You know, personally I'd rather save the 30 grand travel Europe and actually be able to tell you a funny story of when I was eating past to hear, when I saw the Mona Lisa, I cried. That's a real story. I'm going to just acknowledge
1: at the outset that I think most of the people who are, who look down their noses to to people who don't have the degrees are quite bitter. And And I don't think they're not justified. I think they're very justified in being bitter because like we said, you should, there is there isn't, and I think there's a right to the entitlement that you should be getting paid more if you follow those rules, because, so off air, we were talking about Imperial Tobacco and how yeah. the Canadian government gave these representations that I'm people relied on. I'm just going a few
0: names here, just, just, uh, just bear with me. Okay. Uh, but uh, I'm just going to scroll down uh, this page here. But, uh, you know, obviously, uh, uh, Bill Gates, uh, Larry Ellison. Oh, Martin no Zuckerberg, high school? Yeah um the guy that made ikea i can't pronounce his name i'm not even gonna try uh sheldon adelson, adelson paul allen uh <laughs> you know uh harold well, ham
1: uh, hobson has a really good line in one of his songs where he goes did the guy who invented college go to college that's the thing okay then
0: yeah and I like all these it. guys are billionaires not millionaires billionaires yeah that only have a high school degree and you know if anybody says to you in, in my opinion Uh, You know, you got to figure out what you want to do. You have to go there. Take that time for yourself first, you know, really decide what you want to do, because in a lot of ways that pressure starts, especially for smarter children in junior high. Yeah. well you gotta start planning on what courses you're gonna take in high school because that's gonna correlate into what courses you can take in university and yeah. then you gotta decide what you wanna do it's a lot of fucking pressure and they put that on you because it's a business they want yeah. you to go to post-sac yeah, yeah. but you don't fucking need to is what I'm saying like, do exactly what Tristan said go to the place you wanna do or go, go go talk to the people that are doing what you wanna do the people that you look yeah. up to your heroes or man crushes or whatever fucking gen z's are calling them now um, um, go talk to these people and find out. Hey, well, what did you take to be able to do this? And yeah. sometimes just their life story alone was just enough for them to be able to get there. Having
1: said that, the answer from an yeah. influencer is, "I was born better looking than most, and significantly more privileged."
0: If you need to show half your Fuck cleavage and wear a choker chain to get your fucking audience's attention, yeah. I'm sorry. Maybe what you're saying isn't really important. If yeah. you like, and here's the problem: like, there's so many like. Really intelligent women out in the workforce nowadays, and it just seems to me that the only thing that society cares about to this day is looks and that stupid fucking giggle factor.
1: Like SS Sniper well, Wolf, Candace Owens is the greatest example of that, right? Because we talked about we talked about Canda cancel culture. Yeah, she got canceled when she said when she voiced her opposition to men being able to claim things over women's bodies. Right, so she said that that I'm not saying I'm uh pro-choice but i don't think that other people should be able to make those decisions over over someone else's body right Mm -hmm. and she tied it into gun rights she got canceled which a lot of people don't realize because she went off the air for a couple months and then got back in line Mm -hmm. and it's because they didn't the right doesn't give a fuck about the content coming out of her mouth they care that it's a black woman who's saying it and so that they can feel better about the message coming at them right and that's I think the other elephant in the room, and this is the one that's probably going to be the hardest to overcome and going to hit people more in the fields is one of the reasons that people go to school, I think is because it's easier to get a loan for an education than it is for travel. Mm. And at the end of the day, you have to be privileged to travel. But if you want to experience a lifestyle where you're not working and grinding every day out of high school, Opting into school allows you that. That's why schools are yeah. party zones. That's why a lot of, especially in the United States, where they have oh, such yeah. a like a horrible, horrible income gap, right? Like oh, yeah. in Canada, we have an income gap, but we have a social safety net that keeps us somewhat better. Somewhat. Um, but <laughs> but there, it's so bad that you now, I mean, there's a reason why you have this le- like this left sounding revolution coming out of college campuses of we don't we want our safe spaces and all of that that South Park mocked for fucking three four five years now, yeah. right? Which was Largely because these people were looking for just a timeout. The same idea of going traveling, They that's what they were wanting. And it mm-hmm. kind of ties into our education we were talking about. What they wanted was a break from the tests a break from the constant work, a break from the having to study things that don't actually matter to them. They wanted a break. And they, so they want to go and learn about feminist legal studies and, uh, and uh, uh, Southeast Asian philosophical studies and things that don't tie into the economy because, and then, and they want to drink and do drugs and fuck their friends. And because at the end of the day, those are the things you're told not to do when you're younger. And, You 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 just grow sick of it, right? And it's this like micro rebellion. And at the end of the day, the government, especially in states
0: where they're like they don't teach sexual education, they teach abstinence. Yeah, how fucking dumb is that? You know, it's like, and then you get hormones, individuality and you know uh exclusive living yeah for a lot of these people you're basically taking away all the all the
1: reins that their parents they also hyper sexualize their marketing on exactly. another level like exactly. the chicken car the chicks in carl's jr's commercials have never touched carl's jr in their lives that's guaranteed because guaranteed. they don't have an ounce of fat on them yeah. outside of maybe their tits right well, that's, and that's. Uh, it's insane yep. that they, they do that. Like, we we have some sexualized ads, for sure, and we have a bad history because most of it is picked out of the United States, oh, yeah. largely in Canada. Um, we, we have other weird stuff, like our old Mupple, Muppet stuff of, don't you put it in your mouth! Don't you put it in your mouth! <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, from an education standpoint, I think that, and the employment side, if the government's going to say... Hey, we're going to give you this interest. We're going to force the banks to give you a low interest rate loan so you can go to school. There has to be a reasonable expectation on a return <clears> on <throat> on investment. Yeah. and I think that that's really the biggest issue is that people don't understand what an ROI, how a uh, return on investment operates when it comes to education. Yep. Right, and we've been sold that we're going to get one and we should expect it. But then when you get out there. I can tell you from fucking experience, A, you don't get one, and B, the employers are very upset if you expect it. Mm. They, in fact, will not let you in the door if you expect to be treated, because here's, here's the real thing. The inflation of degrees has happened so recent in the last 20 to 30 years that most of the employers are less educated than you. They don't deserve the position they're in And you are evidence of that. Mm -hmm. Bringing me in will only point out how insufficiently educated they really are. And I can say that knowing that if I was given the reins at my my last two jobs, I would have easily turned them around. Mm -hmm. But there was a reason to be afraid because I'm going to change the way they do things.
0: That's exactly why I work for myself now. Yeah. And I think that's why we get along. Yeah. Uh, Because even without all the education when you work for someone that's doing something importantly and and you could see that there's a different process that you could take that would make them more money yeah. or better business or just easier business, you know, you're either increasing profits or increasing, you know, comfort and workability, right? Yeah. And, you know, you bring these things up to people and this is kind of the problem with only having a high school degree because most of the people you work for only have one too. And occasionally that's all right. uh, But more often than not, they see that you're a lot more educated than them and that you become a target. Yeah. Uh, And that's happened at a lot of places I've worked at because they'll hire me assuming, Oh, this is just some country bumpkin with a high school degree, especially when I was younger. Right. Yeah. You know, I didn't put uh, a lot of my work experience on my resume either, especially when I went to go work for, rona i didn't keep a lot of my security uh experience on my resume it wasn't it wasn't pertinent right so i just kind of said oh i had a few years off after high school and now i'm looking for a job i got a girlfriend blah 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 and they gave me the job and then it's just that other work experience kind of started to bleed in and it's like well, how do you know this how how, yeah, yeah. how are you seeing this and doing this and how are you able to manage like
1: this it's nice that you actually got asked by at my <clears throat> the company i work at now yeah uh Despite being there for a year and a half now, I've had. was a really good employer. See, I, I, I haven't reviewed a single contract. I haven't been involved uh, in store any conversations I related. For was not a good guy,
0: though. I no, gotta say. Fair uh, he was a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it taught me a lot about, uh, well, uh, this is kind of where that all tied in. He was berating his employees. Uh, I'll say his name. His name is Vince Romano. He's a fucking asshole. I, he's working for his wife now because no one else will tolerate working with him. Uh I'm sure she can't right. either, but and, she's yeah, stuck. But yeah, good for her. Um, uh, but uh he, he, here's where I'm at. You know, like he would he would literally bring me into his office and corner me with HR and start berating me on questions. Uh and it got to the point where it was like abusive, like yeah. almost every other shift. And it was over over the smallest things. And there were write-ups and all this other dumb shit. And it got to the point where I said, okay. He's trying to to HR me out. Every little thing was a write-up. So I started showing up early, coming in on my days off, you know, just to show him that I'm not the kind of guy that you don't need to fire me. Like, you can have a conversation with me, and we can overcome a lot of these problems. His whole issue was uh, I manage, I, I delegate, right? And people I delegate to would actually do what I told them because they respected me because I'd help them. Yeah. You know, I, I say, okay, I'm going to be down in half an hour to help you with this task. And I, I did it. I stuck to my word more often than not. Um, you know, and he just saw that as, oh, you're not on the floor consistently, so I'm not getting my money out, uh, out of you. Right. Yeah. And it, uh, right up after right up, I started recording the conversations we had and, uh, I, I started recording conversations I had with other employees about how they were getting, you know, um, belittled by him they come he come from his office and start yelling at them in the middle of the floor and literally we made one of my employees cry and the guy had mental issues and everything too and this was kind of the job that he could do yeah you know working in the flooring department or whatever department he was in like that was it that was his his story arc right like he took his job seriously because that's all he could do yeah and you know i had a recording with him i sent everything i didn't go to the hr in the building i went to the head hr um and i was in the high potential program like they really like me there yeah uh they wanted me to be a store manager one day and then they put me on a project as soon as this all kind of came out uh to do blueprints to kind of get me out of the store for a little bit yeah i think to get another manager in there to basically confirm what i was saying um but uh, yeah they I, I came back and then they transferred me to a different store and then they fired that guy uh, and that rarely happens yeah and that's, but I think that's
1: almost because they uh, they listen to you. And again, like it, it was if only, you're it was in a the only small, reason was cuz I had evidence. Well, that and there was a HR department that was separate from that guy. Yes. Right? That that's also a harder one to get. Like in in the case of like I I typically work for smaller companies, right? And yeah. so like and uh in the first in the first sports store I worked at, this place called Larry's in North Vancouver uh different ownership group now but mm-hmm. the owners then were this guy named Danny and Frank and they were these Italian brothers Uh-oh. and Danny was the 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 if you think of the greasiest used car salesman that's who he is nice yeah like while i was working there he sold his daughter's bike off of the front lawn to a pedestrian walking by he sold his wife came by for lunch one time and left her glasses on the counter and he sold the frames to a pa- uh, to a customer um they they were chewed on Uh, he I sold his jacket one day just to flex on him yeah so he hung his jacket behind the desk and a customer came in you guys have any rain jackets and I was like oh I've got one and I went and grabbed Danny's jacket and I gave it to the customer to put on he's like, oh there's change in the pocket oh sorry I went down to McDonald's and I wore that earlier my bad and I pulled the change out (laughs) and he was like oh how much i was like 60 bucks he's like all right and i sold him a, a, the jacket that was a, a sample that i got from brian's uh, k- uh sporting goods company like a month earlier and danny had been wearing it for the whole month yeah. and i sold it to him. danny comes back and he's like it's raining where's my jacket i was like oh i sold it he's like for how much I was like 60 he's like fuck yeah <laughs> I, was like, I don't give a shit about being wet then so he so he he was like he, he was a one of the boss he was yeah. well he was a fun guy he also like oh, fuck I, yeah I mean, I remember the first day I was working there, a customer walked in and he goes five one nine three two three six zero seven one four nine two six two eight. And I go, what's that? And he goes, that's his MasterCard. So he was terrifying. He memorized MasterCards. He used to, if, the, if he wasn't at $10,000 of sales every day, oh, he wow. would input sales onto the credit cards in his mind and then write notes as to what he was going to sell those people when they would call and complain about it. And most of the time, because of how good he was at a, as a salesman, it worked no shit yeah but actually my foray into to my early interest into greasy, law started in in that because I was responding to those but anyways the reason I brought these guys up is because um <laughs> because Christ. fucking Dan, Danny one time he gives me the ability to go and play in a playoff game right like I'm still playing hockey while I'm working there yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like yeah, yeah yeah go for it so I leave and he was like yeah just come back in time so you can close up and, and cash out so oh, I, I think go home. You told
0: me this story here yeah so yeah. I come
1: I come home and uh, or, or, or I go and play hockey. I get, I get, I get off the rink. Um, I have my shower. I look at my phone. I'm like, Missing tons of missed calls, three voicemails, and it, and they're from Frank, his brother, oh, no. just, just yelling, Fuck you. You're fucking fire. Where the fuck are you? Fuck, 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 right? Yeah. So I, I'm like, All right, whatever. So I show back up. Frank's there, and Frank was always in this tug of war of power. And I never listened to him because he didn't hire me. He wasn't, he wasn't in control of what I was doing. Danny was, and, but he always wanted me to, Check with him on everything. So I checked with yeah. Danny. Danny's like, "Yeah, you're all good." And Frank was like, "You didn't check with me that I could go." Fuck you. You're fired. And I was like, "Well, I checked with Danny." And and, and he's like, "I don't give a fuck if you check with Danny." Blah blah blah. Getting it all in my face. And I and and he was like, "He's like, I should fucking hit." Uh, and I was like, "All right, Frank, you need to calm down. You're gonna blow a, br- uh, a blood vessel because it's like he starts twitching and shit." Like, fuck you! I'll fucking hit you. And he starts trying to take a swing at me. Oh, nice. And so I just smile and I'm like, right here in front of the camera, I'll own this building next week and yeah. uh and he's just spitting and seething fuck you i hope you get fucking cancer and die right but so th- this is the interaction i have and i and obviously i'm not nice. working there anymore yeah after that right yeah, no kidding um i actually did continue to work there for two more months but only on one day a week when he wasn't there to yeah. help danny out yeah. while he was transitioning but uh just to show i was still a better person than them as well um but uh, but yeah, the, end, the 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 reason why that was even interesting was because all of that conversation, I was 18. Yeah. And that's how they were treating me, how they were talking to me, like the threats, the swearing, all of that. And I had no idea what was going on. What I found out now is that's actually just the, the treating me that way would have been a de facto termination. Because uh, if I consider it to be uh, beyond what so the word de facto uh is is basically a way of just saying that in law right as opposed to so yeah. um or in fact would be a, a, another way of saying yeah, yeah, it yeah, yeah. uh that it might not be in reality but it is in fact and yeah. so so they might not have said you're fired or 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 the like because in that kind of situation people might not realize that there's different ways of being fired and so there's for cause termination, which is means you do something that earns your termination, yeah, right? Like you steal from the till, or you steal, you, sexually you harass, an you sexually harassed, uh, even just yeah. like a refusal to do things that are contract that you're contractually required to do seat, you know? <laughs> well that <laughs> one probably less so but yeah like they're just, just gen- they're they're uh, typically with minor infractions you need three write-ups one one verbal one written and then the and then see you later but the the way it works I had is so many written warnings at rona it oh, was it was retarded man well yeah and, but, and they I, can and I, they can do all of those things but i think that the one thing that uh, uh that people don't realize is that there's other kinds of termination so if someone cuts your hours or cuts your pay, what they're actually doing, like, so let's say you're used to getting 40 and they cut you down to 25, they mm-hmm. put you in, they they fired you as a full-time employee and rehired you as a part-time employee. If you continue to show up, you're accepting your new position. Wow. Yeah, but if you don't continue to show up, if they cut you by that much, now this might be different now in in the days of uh, the pandemic. I'd have to look into uh, how the case law has played out and all of that, yeah, no but pri- prior to the pandemic, if they had cut your hours like that, that you could go. That's a de facto termination. I want pay out. I want to be paid out. Well, that's what I did with uh, Kia. When yeah, they changed my pay. And and then sometimes they try to reduce your pay as well. And yeah. if they reduce your pay, that's a termination. And then rehiring you at a new one. Yeah. Right. But the way that contracts work, we talked about was with uh, you, you need to to have something that you can give to someone else. Yeah. Right. And and that's that's just part of how contracts work. And if you weren't given anything of value for taking that lower pay then you were terminated
0: mm-hmm.
1: right and so like if they added oh yeah an extra 30 days of vacation pay okay well then we can say that that's what you got in exchange for that and it's the consideration aspect of contracts right but yeah just the idea of a de facto termination you can be if you're treated poorly you can treat that as you were fired and then sue them to get the money that you're owed right yeah. and you see that more with um, big companies after mergers where they try to fuck people over that were yeah. like long-term employees and try to rewrite their contracts that way. You don't see it as much on the lower level. And again, that comes to the cost of how much it costs to get a lawyer. If you've only worked at a place for under three years, the amount of money you're going to make by seeking a lawyer is probably going to be offset by the cost of hiring that lawyer.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Right? No, that's, uh,
0: that's, that's what happened when, uh, at, the, at my last place of employment there. Uh, they... Uh, <laughs> said they gave we'll talk about this when this is all off yeah i don't want to go over it on the record uh but uh it's just it's very important to know yeah it's i think if for
1: the know. employment aspect of it more than anything you're not going to know your rights you're not going to know what your real rights are but but kind of like i said when you want to know like when you if you if you're looking to go into a specific career go and find someone and talk to them find a find a friend in law find someone that knows the law and become friends with them they're lonely people i know they're hard they work very hard so they might not give you a lot of time but pick their brains because they have info that can save you a lot of money and a lot of time well you're my friend tristan i know exactly so that's why like basically all of my employees they all yeah all of my employees have my phone number in their in their phone if they need it for anything and they they know that they can call me whenever and that's again just because I'm aware that young people aren't empowered with these tools, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be the most blunt instrument to go against anybody, but I yeah. can at least help a little.
0: I think you and I got both sucked into that. You have to be that knight in shining armor kind of thing. Yeah. You know? I think I'm a little more capitalist with it. I might be like the Black Knight. You know, <laughs> that's just a flesh wound. You know, but like I think at the end of the day, like this podcast we created it to just help you know people understand. Yeah. Uh, that you know, there is more than just what's right and what's wrong. There is definitely a middle ground. Yeah, uh, there is definitely a difference between what your employer is telling you. and fact, yeah, uh, even
1: in law, we looked at that. Uh, legal have... facts aren't aren't facts in reality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Like you know? and that's like that's the. I think that that's the biggest one. But I, <clears throat> I think just to put a bow on everything when it comes to employment, the the when you're first starting out. Just know that experience and education aren't, aren't some, you, you're not given experience when you go and seek an education. When you go and seek an experience, though, you get both. Very true. And I think that you're not going to get credit for the education you get when you're seeking experience, just like you're not going to get credit for the experience you get when you seek an education which Very you do, you do get experience right like i have i have negotiating experience i've uh, we've talked about how i've gone you know i've 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 mooted cases against actual lawyers and judges yeah. none of that matters on a resume i can't i can't even like i can't even bring that up mm-hmm. like Oh, yeah. How are, you, how are you going to be good at sales? Well, you know, when I'm selling it to a judge in a, an incredibly restricted moment, I'm able to outdo the top 1% of the country. Like, really? Yeah. I, but I can't use any of that. So just kind of get it to to do that research aspect. Talk to the people that work in those industries and get an idea of what it would take for them to hire you because you don't want to be like me, bitter and hating all these high school educated motherfuckers making more money than me. Amen. Right. Yeah. and uh yeah i think for that uh, that's how uh, that's how i would tie this one up is do your research if you still want to get an education just make sure you know you're doing it for you and not for your bottom line
0: yeah yeah, yeah. and do it for yourself that's yeah. the big thing yeah. uh yeah thanks for tuning in happy friday yeah have a good uh, one guys 420 was a few days ago i just want to remind people that it wasn't always legal and yeah spark one up Here we go celebrate that shit fun fun See you next week. Yep.